What's up, everybody? It's your boy Prophecy back with another edition of Suplex Session. And boy, oh boy, do I have a show for you with the results of WWE Extreme Rules 2018. Stay tuned. Like I said, we have a big show. Um, WWE Extreme Rules definitely delivered in a bigger way than what I thought it would. A lot of people was kind of disappointed because they didn't have a lot of stipulation matches, it being WWE Extreme Rules. But uh, most of these matches actually delivered, and I'm kind of impressed. I'm kind of impressed. We're going to start off with the kickoff show. The kickoff show started off with Andrade Cien Almas versus Sin Cara. Um, overall, like I said on my predictions episode, Andrade picked up the victory. Um, the match was cool. I give it about a three. Uh, Andrade picked up the victory after using his hammerlock DDT finisher for the one, two, three. Uh, sleeper match on the kickoff show, New Day versus Sanity. That match was, it was, it was cool, man. It was cool. Um, a lot of big spots in that match. It was. It definitely delivered for a kickoff show match. Definitely. Overall, Sanity picked up the victory, which I also called on the prediction show, uh, putting Kofi Kingston through a table. Um, I get, I get that match about a three, probably a three point five, eh, somewhere in between there. <clears throat> Next up on the main card. The Raw Tag Team Championship match. The B-Team versus the Deleters of World. It was a decent match. Nothing flashy. Not too many spots. Uh, But a big upset. A big upset. The B-Team picked up the victory with Bo Dallas pinning Matt Hardy. They picked up the victory, people. Um, I didn't call this on the predictions. I didn't. These guys went from jobbers to to the Mrs. Henchmen to Raw Tag Team Champions, people. Definitely an upset. I was not expecting it. Wow. I give this match a 3.5 just for the surprise factor that the B-Team picked up the victory. After... The B team picked up the victory. It cut backstage to a segment where Kurt Angle was being interviewed, talking about Brock Lesnar. Basically talking about how he he backed out of the multi-man, you know, when he made that match. Uh, I believe it was a multi-man match. The winner goes on to face Brock Lesnar. How Brock Lesnar said he was not going to face the winner of that match. So, Kurt Angle was being interviewed. And he gave Brock Lesnar an ultimatum. He said, you either show up on Raw, you come to terms when your next title defense will be, or I'm stripping your ass of the Universal Championship. The crowd went nuts. Because we're all waiting for that. We're all waiting 
for something to happen to Brock Lesnar. Whether he loses it, whether they strip him of it, whatever they do, I'm waiting for it because I'm ready for the championship to be back on Monday Night Raw. Moving on, um, the next match was a match that I talked about on my prediction show that I wasn't really interested in, and I don't know why these guys have been thrown together and why they aren't in bigger feuds. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. It was it was basically exactly how I said it would go. It was a bland match. Uh, Baron Corbin was very dominant throughout the whole match, but overall, Finn Balor picked up the victory, which I also called on the prediction show. Um, he overall, he picked up the victory with a small package pin and, um, you know, Baron Corbin was a little upset, but at the end, Baron Corbin had a little smirk, like he had something up his sleeve for Finn Balor. Moving on, it cut to a backstage segment where the Bludgeon Brothers were beating the hell out of team. Hell no. They, uh, they overall injured Kane by using their, their mallet. To slam his his leg in between the door, and the future of Team Hell No facing the Bludgeon Brothers in the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship match was uncertain at this point. But moving on, moving on, moving on to the SmackDown Live Women's Championship match: Oscar versus Carmella. Now. I hate to say this, but I told you so, people. Carmella picked up the victory over Asuka via distraction from James Ellsworth escaping from the shark cage, which I said was going to happen, people. Um, Overall, uh, James Ellsworth, he escaped, but he got caught in the cage hanging upside down. Asuka got distracted, started beating the hell out of him. Carmella came from behind, rammed Asuka's head into the shark cage, and picked up the victory. Um, at the end of the match, Asuka snapped and beat the hell. Like, not no regular beatdown, but beat the hell out of James Ellsworth. But overall, Carmella picked up the victory. I give this match about a 2.5 because it, it really, it did nothing. It did nothing. Now... Moving on to what I think was the biggest OMG match of the night. The United States Championship match. Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Like I said, this was the most OMG moment of the night. The match the match uh, started, I mean, the match didn't officially start, but they were both in the ring. Shinsuke Nakamura hit Jeff Hardy with a low blow before the bell even rung. The referee asked Jeff Hardy, do you want to continue? Do you want this match to go on? He said, yes. The ref rung the bell immediately when the bell rung, people. Immediately when the bell rung. Kinshasa, knee strike to the face. Knee to face. And Shinsuke Nakamura picked up the victory in about, I'd say, about six seconds. Uh, anywhere in between five and seven seconds. Um... But that, that wasn't even the end of it. Shinsuke Nakamura celebrating winning the United States Championship. And whose music hits? Randy Orton. We haven't seen Randy Orton in about 
two months. I believe it's been a month and a half, two months, somewhere around there. He's walking menacingly down to the ring, eyeballing Shinsuke Nakamura. But when he gets in the ring, he doesn't pay any attention to Shinsuke Nakamura. He instead attacks Jeff Hardy with a stomp below the waist if you know what i mean and then walked off what does this mean what 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 does this mean for jeff hardy what does this mean for randy orton why did randy orton do that i guess we'll figure out on smackdown live this tuesday people and also jeff hardy invoked his rematch clause for smackdown live this week so make sure you guys tune in to smackdown live overall i've give i give this match a a four, not even just for the match, because obviously it was a seven second match, just because of the story that it told the way it, everything went down, Randy Orton coming down, doing what he did, just everything together. I think that was a four or four. Definitely. And the fact that Shinsuke beat Jeff Hardy in about seven seconds, that that's what made it OMG. Like, come on, people. That shit was ridiculous. Moving on to Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens match. I will say that I was wrong in the predictions. I thought Braun Strowman was going to win. In my mind, after seeing the match, Braun Strowman still won. But Kevin Owens technically picked up the victory. It was, for most of the match, it was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens kept pulling some maneuvers out of his ass and keeping Braun Strowman down. But it came down to him handcuffing Braun Strowman to the ropes and trying to escape. He was he was about at the top of the cage when Braun Strowman broke the handcuffs and scaled the cage also. They both were standing at the top of the cage. Standing. Standing. Like, literally. Standing on top of the cage. Braun Strowman looks down at the announce table and it's like, hmm. Yeah. This is about to happen. He choke slams Kevin Owens from the top of the cage through the announce table. I'm talking some Undertaker mankind shit, but I think the Hell in a Cell is is taller. I believe. But whatever. Um Kevin Owens picked up the victory technically because his feet touched the ground first. So it was over a technicality, but his ass did not walk out of that arena. I'm telling y'all that right now, he did not walk out of that arena. I give that match about a three just because it it really had no no length to the match. It was it was really no wow factor except for that big spot at the end where Braun Strowman choke slammed him off the top of the cage. So I give it a three. Moving on to the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship match. Team Hell No versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Now, as I mentioned, Kane did get injured earlier. So this match ended up being two versus one. Um, Daniel Bryan definitely put on a show. As you know, he does. He definitely didn't go down without a fight. Um, I'd say toward the end of the match, Kane actually did come into the match, but he had a, a neat, uh, what is it, like an ankle brace on, so he was really no help. He did come down with a quick flurry, 
of choke slams, and that that was about it for the for him for the rest of the match. Daniel Bryan tagged himself in, but like I said, it's so much he can do one v two. Overall, Bludgeon Brothers picked up the victory, and they are still your SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. I thought something cool was going to happen. I thought The Miz was going to come down in my mind. This was just in my mind. I thought The Miz was going to come down, volunteer to be his partner, and then like turn on him, but it didn't happen. I'm actually glad it didn't happen because I don't know what route they would have went after that. Moving on to a match that I am so glad because they said that it was going to main event Extreme Rules, and I was upset. When I say I was upset, I was upset because news had broke or a rumor had broke that Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns was going to main event WWE Extreme Rules, and I was not having it. That's exactly how I felt when I heard that. That is exactly how I felt. But this match, Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns, was actually better than what I thought it was going to be. Mind you, I was downplaying this match because there was no real buildup. There was It was just like these two were thrown together. But this match was way better than what I expected. Two powerhouses going at it. Um, it was nowhere near a one-sided match, but every time Roman Reigns had some huge offense, Bobby Lashley was there with that even bigger defense, and it was it was actually pretty cool to see this match, man. Overall, Bobby Lashley picked up the victory with a spear of his own. Roman Reigns was setting up for the spear, but Bobby Lashley intercepted his spear with a spear of his own and picked up the one, two. Three. So my question is, where does this leave Bobby Lashley? Is he like the number one contender now? Like where where does this leave him? Where does this leave Roman Reigns? I'm calling it right now, people. I'm saying maybe possibly a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Bobby versus Roman versus Brock Lesnar. But overall, I think Braun is going to kick. Braun is either going to cash in in the middle of this match or he's going to cash in before the match to make it a fatal four-way. We'll see. Whatever happens, happens. Only time will tell. But I gave this match about a three because it was it was nothing spectacular. All right. Good match, but nothing spectacular. Moving on to the Raw Women's Championship match. Um, for an extreme rules match, it was not extreme at all. It was okay. They introduced weapons, but most of the weapons weren't even used. They were just there. There was a um. There was a moment where Nia Jax picked up Alexa Bliss and just dropped her on top of a trash can. That was cool. But there was a moment in the match where Alexa Bliss and Mickey James were beating down Natalia. Mind you, Ronda Rousey is ringside, and you know she doesn't play about Natalia. She jumped the barricade, started beating the hell out of Mickey James. I'm talking about all around the arena. Uh, she turned her attention to Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss hauled ass, got out of there, but um, Ronda Rousey caught up. 
Mickey James with the with the defense smacks the hell out of Ronda Rousey with a kendo stick, which um I guess put Ronda Rousey out. I don't know how that one shot took her out, but whatever. So Alexa Bliss and Alexa Bliss and Mickey James turn their attention back to Nia Jax with the finish. Nia Jax um loses. She lost uh, Alexa Bliss and her DDT on a chair, and she Nia Jax lost. Um, I honestly didn't have any interest in this match at all. That's why I don't sound excited talking about it. But it, it was what it was whatever. Alexa Bliss picked up the victory. I gave this match about a 2.5 because it was bullshit. Extreme Rules match, no extreme moments. Uh, women's Championship match, it wasn't even par. It wasn't even par. Like, the, the match was garbage. So, um, yeah, forget that match. <laughs> Moving on, people. The match for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles versus Rusev Day. I think Rusev should hire me instead of Ada English. I'm just saying. Um, This match was... I'm not going to say it was great, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. They, it was really a good showing by Rusev. I'm gonna say that they really played into the fact that what they say is that AJ Styles can't pick up Rusev, when we all know that's a lie. We've seen AJ Styles pick up Kevin Owens. We've seen AJ Styles pick up Roman Reigns, and that's just the beginning of the list. So how could he not pick up Rusev? But like I said, they really played into that. Um. Most of the match, uh, AJ Styles was focusing on Rusev's legs, his left leg in particular, which definitely came into play later on when Rusev tried to put AJ in the accolade, and he couldn't because his leg hurt so bad. Um, Aiden English definitely played a part in this match. Definitely played a part in this match. Uh, Kept interfering. I think he interfered about three, three times. Overall... AJ Styles, phenomenal forearm to the face, defeats Rusev. And his reign goes on. And they definitely told me a fun fact during this match that uh, AJ Styles is the longest reigning WWE champion in the past five years. Not of all time, but in the past five years. Which I think is, is pretty cool. And his reign continues. I believe they said he's at like 240 something days. I think I think that's what they said. But that's um that's what's up. Um but like I said, ultimately AJ Styles picked up the victory. I give this match about a 3.5. Just because AJ Styles was in it, it's a 3.5. And the main event of the night for the Intercontinental Championship, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre. This match was definitely main event caliber. 
First of all, it was a 30-minute Ironman match. Main event caliber. Uh, they definitely had a filling-out process in the beginning of the match. Um, I believe Seth Rollins picked up his first... Seth Rollins picked up the first fall around the 25-minute mark. Picked up the first fall. And then he picked up a second fall with a curb stomp around... I don't remember what mark he picked it up. So it was 2-0 around anywhere in between 20 and 25 minutes. It was 2-0. And then... It turns into 3-0 because, I guess, Drew Mac they had a plan the whole time. Drew McIntyre attacks Dolph Ziggler, swings his ass around the arena, and hit him with a Claymore kick, which kind of is a, def- a disqualification, which gave Seth Rollins another one. And this was at the 20-minute mark. So, at the 20-minute mark, it's 3-0. But, like I said, the damage had been done. Dolph Ziggler... Picked up one pinfall immediately after that Claymore kick. Oh, and Drew McIntyre was ejected from ringside. So, at this point, it's 3-1. Dolph Ziggler, so Seth Rollins gets up, super kicks him immediately afterwards. That is 3-2. And then Dolph Ziggler picks up another pinfall. That is 3-3. In less than three minutes. In less than three minutes, Dolph Ziggler picked up three falls, which was ridiculous. Dolph Ziggler ultimately hit a zigzag on Dolph, I mean on uh, on Seth Rollins around uh, the 16-minute mark. I believe it was like 15.53 left on the clock, which made it 3-4, people. This match was just definitely showcased their athleticism, uh, how long they can go, their ability in the ring. It showcased the how great these guys actually are. And I'm glad that Dolph Ziggler is actually getting the opportunity to showcase his abilities because I know it and most real WWE fans know that Dolph Ziggler can hang with the best of them. Dolph Ziggler has the ability of fucking anybody he can hang with AJ he can hang with Daniel he can hang with Seth Rollins like Dolph Ziggler is in the conversation his ability is fucking ridiculous he can hang he is one of the best technical wrestlers in the business but like I said um in less than five minutes Dolph Ziggler picked up four falls people um, the next fall wasn't picked up until there was three minutes and eight seconds left on the clock. And that fall went to Seth Rollins, which tied it up for four. At this point, Dolph Ziggler is just trying to survive, making sure Seth Rollins does not pick up another fall. He's trying to keep it tied because he knows that if it stays tied, he keeps his Intercontinental Championship. It got down to the last 30 seconds. Dolph Ziggler setting Seth up for the super kick. Seth counters with a super kick of his own and then a curb stomp. We're at about eight seconds right now. Seth Rollins trying to crawl to the cover. He's crawling. He's crawling. We're at about three seconds. He gets his arm over Dolph, but it is too 
late. They are tied 4-4. Dolph Ziggler walks off with the Intercontinental Championship. But who music hits? Kurt Angle. He says, no, no, no. Not in my house. He says, no. That's that's not the way this is going to go. Pittsburgh does not want to see a tie. We are going into sudden death overtime right now. Biggest upset of the night. Dolph's walking back down to the ring. Drew McIntyre comes back out. Seth Rollins gets distracted. He attacks uh, Drew McIntyre with one knee. When he tur- uh, when he's about to turn around, Dolph Ziggler's already in the ring. Zigzag matches over that fast. Literally took about 10 seconds after the match restarted for Dolph Ziggler to pick up the victory. Talk about upset. Yeah. Yeah, me. I was upset. I was upset that it happened that way. But like I said on my predictions show, if he didn't win the Intercontinental Championship, they definitely had big plans for him at SummerSlam. Now, whether those big plans involve the Intercontinental Championship or maybe the Universal Championship, I don't care which way they go. Put a title back on Seth Rollins. He's Seth freaking, he's Seth freaking Rollins. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the overalls. Um, how many did I get right? Andrade, Sin Cara. I mean, not Sin Cara. Uh, Sanity. So that's two O for me. I was wrong on the B team. That is two one. Three one. Uh four one. Five one. Um five two. Five three. Five four. <laughs> Uh, six four, seven four, seven five. So I went seven five this time, people, with my predictions. I am horrible with predictions. Every time I do predictions, I always, I'm always in a negative. At least this time, I broke off in the positive. So seven five. I got seven right. I got five wrong. I mean, one of them, technically, I didn't get wrong because I didn't give an answer because I really didn't care. And that was the Raw Women's Championship match. So, but we'll go with 7-5. Prophecy, 7-5 with predictions for WWE Extreme Rules 2018. But, but, like I said, the show overall was better than what I thought it was going to be. So, I'm happy. I'm content um, let's see what Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live has in store for us. But this has been my review of WWE Extreme Rules 2018. I appreciate you guys. This is your boy Prophecy, and I'm out.